John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. And this is the High Gain Podcast, John. Oh, the High Gain Podcast. So great. Yep. We talk about guitars on this podcast, John. We do. Yeah. I switched it up and I didn't ask you. I just straight up told you what we're going to do. You finally remembered. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Guitars, maybe some amps, maybe some pedals, Uh stuff like that. All kinds of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Where are you recording from, John? I am in the lovely, lovely basement in the beautiful, beautiful West Seattle, Washington. That's great. I'm going to be back up there soon. What? Yeah, maybe next week. This will probably be the last recording from beautiful Palm Springs, California. Wow. Yep. I feel like my city needs me. Maybe. Yeah. Ed and I were both watching the shit show on a live stream last night. Yeah, I am super not into it. I got some updates from a friend of mine who is one of the moms who did the wall of moms at the protest. Literally like 104 pound mom arm in arm with these other moms in their like yellow shirts. She got rubber bulleted, batoned, pepper sprayed and thrown in jail there's video of it and she did nothing but stood in front of police and got the shit beat out of her for her uh first amendment rights you know what i'm saying john yeah and i could not be more meh about our <laughs> local news coverage no they embedded a dude behind the lines with the police and he spent the whole time talking about hey don't worry everybody the police seem like they're okay nobody's hurt None of the police are hurt. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and he's saying stuff, and all of a sudden a cop comes up to him and corrects him live on air. And the reporter says, oh, okay, great, thanks. Turns back to the camera and then repeats it as if it is finely researched journalism. It's pretty cool living in Trump's police state. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. I am in such a foul mood, John. Are you? 
Yes. I have spent the last two days just fucking raging over Portland and Seattle. I have noticed that Ed's usual steady stream of righteous vitriol has overflowed your own Twitter feed (laughs) onto the high gain Twitter feed. And it's uh, pretty fucking hysterical. Sometimes I just can't be bothered to switch from the high gain back over to my personal feed. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I got to go see what Ed said. <laughs> yeah. So if you look on the high gain and there's some anti-Trump, that's probably Ed. To make it easier on you, the viewer, you can just assume it was both of us. Yeah, exactly. John is like all over the anti-Trump pins on Pinterest. <laughs> I've got the Twitter <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, the anecdote about the mom. Yeah. That's literally a friend of mine. They arrested her. Her family called and said, like, when can we pick her up? We got to come get her. And they said, 10 a.m. this morning. The cops then waited until midnight, left her in the orange jumpsuit, and then kicked her out the side door of the police station with a dead cell phone and said, good luck. Huh. Yeah. <sighs> I'm angry when it's strangers, but, you know, there's that thing. Like, this is actually a friend of mine. Yeah. You know, there's that personal element that I think got me a little ramped. I hear you. Can I offer you some lovely music? (laughs) Play me a song, John, please. Seems it never rains in Southern California. Seems I've often heard that kind of talk before It never rains in California But girl, don't they warn ya It pours Man, it pours Beverages Beverages. That was beautiful, John. That was called It Never Rains in Southern California, 1972, by Albert Hammond. Albert Hammond. Does that name sound familiar to you, Ed? What's the dude from The Strokes? Oh, do you mean Albert Hammond Jr.? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's Albert Hammond's son. Is that true? Like, no shit? That is true. Albert Hammond's son, Albert Hammond Jr., is the lead guitarist for The Strokes. I did not know that. Is the band Albert Hammond? Yeah, it's Albert Hammond. Very prolific songwriter. Has written songs for everybody under the sun, it seems. Wow. I had no idea. He's currently 76 years old. That's great. Yeah. What do you got for a beverage, Ed? I have, you know, your standard black coffee. Yes, standard black coffee. Still working my way through that Starbucks house blend bag. But uh, yeah, black coffee and a Lorena, Lorina, L-O-R-I-N-A. Uh-huh. Artisanal sparkling blood orange beverage. Whoa. It's uh, French. Ooh, French. That makes everything better. Lorina? Lorena? Lorena? We should ask our man from the last episode, uh, Nicholas from Paris, France. Nicholas, what is it? From 1895, Blood Orange. That's awesome. Delicious. How about you? What do you got? 
I am continuing diving into the stash that uh, Orca sent us. Mm-hmm. So I've got an Earp's original Sarsha Perilla. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. Because, you know, as the bottle says, after a hard day of gunfighting, nothing beats a real sarsaparilla. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seems maybe a little apt currently. Yeah, maybe it's a little too real, John. Maybe. Mm. (laughs) I think the last time you had Earps, I may have mentioned, I'm not sure the gunfighting logo is what they want to go with, but, you know, it's Old Westy. I get it. We suggested, I think at that point, it should be COVID-related, like after a hard day of social distancing. Yes, exactly. Nothing beats a real sarsaparilla. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you liked that song, Ed. Yeah. I want to know specifically how you enjoyed the layered background vocals I put in there in the future. Oh, I loved them, John. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Did you like how I'm going to do that? I think it's going to be great. (laughs) But I have to say, you have posted songs and done a little, you know, little post cleanup. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you've also, like, raw-dogged more than your share. Yeah, I think the vast majority I just leave alone. I don't know. I like them both. I like it when they're a little warts and all. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to get a little backing vocals. I went super wet on this. Yeah. That sound comes to us courtesy of you. Is that a Maris Mercury 7? It is. And an Old Blood Noise Endeavors Dark Star combined. Oh, no kidding. Play a little more? Yeah. 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 You hear what I'm doing there? Putting a little dirt on it? Yeah, I have the 1981 DRV pedal set to as low as it will go. Aren't you proud of me? Great. I think you're doing a great job, John. That does sound kind of nice. What kind of guitar do you got there, John? Today, Ed, I have a Gibson from way back yonder in their nasty, nasty Norland days. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So, 80s? 70s. Oh, okay. Early. Yeah, so I should probably just kind of set the stage for you here. Okay, sure. The year, Ed, was 1972. Back to the Albert Hammond song. That's why I chose that song. Well, that and you're leaving sunny Southern California. So I thought, you know, a little California song for Ed. I need to go back. My city needs me, but I don't want to leave, John. I'm sorry, Ed. It's okay. So in 1972, give you a little context here. The first episode of The Price is Right aired. Cool. You getting a sense of it? I don't know. I guess I would have thought that was earlier. Our man Bob Barker, the host there? Yeah. 96. We did not lose him? We did not. 
Oh, that's fantastic. I couldn't take losing Bob Barker and Olivia de Havilland in the same week. Then maybe I shouldn't mention Regis Philbin. Oh, no. That was yesterday. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Also in 1972, our man Bobby Fischer. Chess guy. Yeah. He beat Boris Spassky in a chess match in Reykjavik, Iceland, becoming the first American chess champion. Like grandmaster dude. Yep. So people are playing chess. People are watching Bob Barker. Yeah. That's the context in 1972 when Gibson decides, what are we going to do for a new guitar? We can't do just any old thing. They've got this model called the L5, an archtop jazz box. Super duper fancy. They introduced it in 1922. Whoa. That's how long that thing's been around. That's their super fancy box. Okay. So for some reason in 1972, they decide, hey, Let's make a solid body version of that. Oh, no kidding? That's what this is. Wait, you sent me some pictures and I didn't really... Oh, that's a solid body. Yeah. Weird. This is pure Norlin. This is exactly what you would expect from those dudes. Yeah, I think so. Let's take our most beloved archtop guitar. We'll make it a solid body. (laughs) Like, oh, cool. The people will love it. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler, the people didn't love it. Huh. That neck is rad, though. The book kind of thing at the bottom? The open book at the bottom of the neck where it meets the body? Yeah. As well as on top of the headstock, so it's like a little echo there. That's very cool. Triple binding or something? Front and back, Ed. Wow. So this thing was not a entry level. Not by any means. I have an L5S, S being solid, from 1974 in my lap. Mm. Uh, this would have gone for $985 plus 110 for the case. I'm thinking that today dollars, that is like $4,300. That is $5,150 <laughs> plus another 575 for the case in today dollars. Oh my God. These guys. Let me run down these wacky appointments for you. Okay, yeah. You mentioned the triple binding. Yeah. On the neck, on the headstock, on the top of the body, on the back of the body. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's got what they call an art deco tailpiece, gold with silver inlay, and then it's engraved. It says L5S across it. It's got what some call a harmonica bridge. It looks like the holes of a harmonica if you're looking at it sideways. They actually called it a wide travel tunematic bridge. Ooh, cool. The saddles that you can adjust forwards and backwards. Mm -hmm. You have more room to do that. The control panel on the back. Sure, sure. It is not plastic. It is a matching piece of wood. Oh, that's cool. And there are two stripes going down the back of the neck. It's a three-piece neck sandwiched with a dark-colored, like, rosewood or something. It's very, very pretty. I'm super into it. I sent you a headstock shot. They call that the flower pot inlay. Oh, like a vase. To me, it looks like flames, like an urn. Yeah, totally. But I could see it as a flower, too, I guess. All right. Uh, It's got two super humbucking pickups. Sure. 
you want to hear it? I think so. Okay, so Bridgie? Yeah. Uh, give you some necky? And then in the middle? So what's this thing weigh? Nine, nine and a half. Okay. So this one is 1974. We got some Richard Nixon action. Yeah, yeah. He refused to hand over all the tapes and documents that the Senate subpoenaed him to hand over. Presidents abusing power. This is a thing I'm very into. Washington, D.C. Fuck. Meanwhile, out in the Washington state, uh huh. it was the 74 World's Fair in Spokane, Washington. In Spokane. Yeah. Weird. Off to the races. How well did this thing do, Ed? Five grand. Yeah. It plays really well, goddamn. I must admit, for a Norlin era Gibson, you could probably do worse than to be playing this fancy boy. It's a little too fancy for me. I'm not that fancy. My initial thing off those photos is like, no, that's not my thing, you know? Yeah. It's too much. It's an awful lot. Too much for me. I'm just not that fancy. At Thunder Road right now, they've got that Gibson, and then they've got that mid-70s Ibanez custom agent we did. Do you mean ThunderRoadGuitars.com? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uncle Frank and the boys. Yeah, because we did that, and it's similarly Fancy Boy, right? Yeah, it's Fancy Boy in a weird way. The custom agent. Yes. I'm just sort of thinking like, Similar time frame, something was going on where they thought people wanted these super fancy, you know, gold hardware and big inlays and I don't know. I think you're right. Maybe that's what was going on. Help us recover from... uh, Disco. Disco, Richard Nixon. Sure. Give us a $5,000 guitar. That'll help. Sounds really great, though. Put a little something on it. You ready for a question? Yes. Could you tell who this guitar was sort of marketed at? I could see jazz, and I could almost see the weird, fancy hee-haw crowd. Gee, I don't know about that. Maybe. It took off, indeed, with some jazz cats. Okay. Also, a successor of this, the less fancy L6, Mm -hmm. became known as the Ron Wood model. The L6 is the one with the big uh, chicken head dial. and Yeah. yeah. Uh That one is like way plainer, though. Exactly. It's nothing like the L5. Yeah, it didn't do very well, and they discontinued it in 1985. That's not terrible, I suppose. In 1974, they made about 550 of them. And so you got to think if it's pretty unpopular as that nine years, ten years goes by, they're making less and less probably. I suppose there's that thing where you don't have to sell as many if it's that expensive and maybe your margins are higher, you know. They're not looking for like a mass production run on a guitar like that. I think they were, though. That's the thing. That's weird. As the years went by and it wasn't happening, they kept simplifying. Introduce a guitar in 72. Nobody seems to like it as much as we would like. Let's put regular humbuckers in it. Okay, 
people still aren't liking it as much as we would like. Let's take that fancy Art Deco tailpiece off and we'll just put a regular stop tailpiece on there. Oh, okay. Still didn't work. Huh. I think they kept trying to dumb it down and it wasn't working till they finally just killed it. Then we start getting into the whole John and Ed are not businessmen. Why would they try and make this thing for a broad market with that kind of a price point? Yeah. We want to sell a Rolls Royce to everyone. Like, what? And the Jazz Cats, kind of conservative bunch. They like their hollow bodies and their semi-hollow bodies. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want a solid body. No. Maybe they'll pick one up and play it and maybe record with it and think that it's okay, but it's not what they want. Yeah, weird. <sighs> that is some good uh, Sarsa Perala. Yeah. What other pedals do you have in front of you there, John? I have the JHS Supreme. Oh, cool. Which is the takeoff on the Super Fuzz. Right. Have you been playing with that one a lot more? Yeah. I like that. That's pretty fuzzy, isn't it? Viewers, did you think you were getting out of this episode without me fuzzing out some? You know better than that. I better just go ahead and put on semantic. <laughs> Did we leave it in, John, where Nick Reinhardt said he was very excited about mantic stuff? I think we did. Yeah. I really like the mantic stuff. Yeah. I'm unabashed. If Nick is getting excited about some V next of mantic, oh man, what's that going to be? Remember when we had our man Ken Labar on from Madison, Wisconsin? Sure. We were talking about various dirt pedals and such. Sure. And neither you nor I had heard of the Mantic Flex Pro. So our man Ken boxed one up and sent it to us. How good of a guy is that? So based on playing with it, I'm like, ooh, must have. And it's become one of the go-tos. Yep. It's fucking cool. <laughs> How about that? It's pretty good. Very sick. Cool pedal story, brah. That's what I'm saying. Back to the DRV on its lowest setting. Really seems to bring out the character of this actual guitar. Who today is going to play this thing? What band? It's clearly not your punk rock crew no glam tinged not proggy today proggy because today proggy is like technical mathy and that's not this right i'm trying to picture going to see a band and the guitar players playing this and i'm having a hard time yeah i mean especially for the price sure so you're a band that wants something like this man i don't really know it is different I'm sticking to my hee-haw thing. <laughs> I said hee-haw, but I'm thinking fancy country band. Orville Peck. Some dude in Orville Peck's band could play that guitar. Maybe even with a slide or something. Yeah, I could see country dude in bolo tie with that guitar ripping licks on it. That's kind of Orville Pecky. We should get Orville Peck on this show and hang out with him. I think that would be great, Ed. Okay. 
should we open up the mailbag some more? Oh, do we have more? We have more. These are going to be surprises to me. I have no idea what we have mail about. This comes to us from our man, Peter Bennett. Okay. The subject of the email is love your podcast. Oh, Peter. That's great. Sucking up. Clearly you're doing it right. Yeah. (laughs) And the message is, uh, just wanted to reach out to you and say, I love your podcast. I was laughing out loud listening to the Matt Southworth episode. Lolling. Yeah. Thanks for that, he says. Good medicine these days. Keep it up. You know, Comic-Con is not going on this year Uh for the first year in like 50 years or whatever it is. Rather, it's not going on in person because of the COVID business. Right. So they've been doing panels. They've been doing online Comic-Con. They did the Eisner Awards the other day. You know, Comic-Con stuff. Right. A Matt Southworth book got announced. They did a panel. I read the article about it. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting that our man Peter Bennett was listening to the Matt Southworth episode because I think there is a comic intersection there. I won't say much more because we don't like to blow open the lid on our viewers' privacy. We care too much. Sure. Except to say, Peter, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the message. You know, other people could send messages. They could. They could. I'm not going to stop them. You could send one to the highgainpod at gmail.com. Sure. That's email. You could leave a review on the iTunes. That would be sick. Ooh, that's a good one, too. That would be sick. Or, like Peter, you could go to the contact form on the website, which is thehighgain.com. Fill it out and tell us, uh, you know, stuff. Sure. Not only can you learn more about us there, yeah, but we are on the socials now streaming Ed's current events rants, as well as guitar-related things. I specifically realized, like, oh my god, the high gain feed has just turned into this, like, nightmare hellscape of, like... <laughs> political rants and so i had to go out and specifically like oh here's a new fender guitar is it possible to hijack one's own feed i don't know i don't think so you know my chocolate and my peanut butter got all mixed up on the twitters and i apologize i think you're doing great thank you and on the instagrams on the facebooks on the twitters on the pinterest on the linkedins we're everywhere. Look for us everywhere. Yeah. The high gain. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. If you want to click a little reverb link on the episode page, that's cool. That helps us. Yeah. Do that. And you're going to be back here uh, before you know it, Ed. I can't wait. Let the healing begin. Yeah. Come up to the house. We can social distance rant about stuff. Love it. I can't wait. All right. Until then, viewers. See you next week. Okay. See you, Ed. Bye. Bye. Bye.